and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, happy Halloween, sisters. Ooh. Ooh. I just say that because we're recording on Halloween. Tomorrow it's going to be Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. I was at a, a Rite Aid earlier and it's like there's the Halloween stuff on 50% off and right above it just looming over its head, just showing it its own demise is all the Christmas stuff. They're not even keep. They're like it's right there, ready to go. There is. They have. They have put up a giant inflatable Santa at Walmart, <laughs> like a huge, like that is. You can see from like every corner of the store. You know just you're like gonna this, end up getting that. It's this. It's this hovering specter, like Christmas is here. <laughs> I was telling people that Hold today to at butts. school, like yeah, today's Halloween, spookiest day of the year, but tomorrow is the start of the jolliest season of the year because I know it's Turkey Day coming up in like three weeks, but you know what? Christmas is more important than Turkey Day. <laughs> Don't you feel bad so for Thanksgiving? I start listening to Christmas music and start putting out my Christmas stuff November 1st. I feel real y'all. bad for Thanksgiving. I feel like it's just like, it's between these two behemoths of holiday cheer and it just, just gets rolled right over. Thanksgiving to me is pre-Christmas. Like we're all practicing <laughs> being around family because we know we're going to have to be around family on Christmas so we haven't seen practice. in a while. So this is like a meet and greet for the people we're going to see at Christmas. And we're all, uh, we get to eat a lot because we know we're going to be eating a lot on Christmas too. So we're all eating a lot and giving thanks in advance for all the stuff we're going to get on Christmas. It's pre-Christmas. I, I think that's, I, I can see where you're coming from. All of my points are I, valid. You you know I am right. Well, see, for me, it's like a day, it's a day that just celebrates eating. And I like that. Parade floats. And eating. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's like, well, no, I, I was going to say no one's really psyched for the parade floats, but that's not true. <laughs> I think that certain I members of parade. our family are very down with that. I love the parade. And I love, what I love the best about the Thanksgiving parade is at the end of it when santa shows up justin like just fills with this childlike glee <laughs> and goes ho ho <laughs> it's ho ho he's here see my, this is not i mean you think i'm joking I, only sort of <laughs> he really does like he just lights up and that little cherubic face <laughs> my go-to way of determining whether i enjoy a holiday enough is uh and whether i am actually looking forward to the holiday or not is if we get a break for it number one from school and number two during the break am i rushing to get through the beginning parts of the break to get to the actual holiday or am i just enjoying the actual break because all i really care about for this holiday is the break i get from school example thanksgiving break we get five days off from school i'm just taking in all that week off we get from school i don't really care about thanksgiving or like when thanksgiving (laughs) is like honestly i could just take a week off school that'd be fine christmas I feel bad because the first like four days of break, I'm rushing through to get off these days I get off of school just to get to Christmas. Like that's how you know you want a holiday when you're trying to rush through the days you get off of school. <laughs> See, I, I don't, I agree with your excitement over Christmas, but for completely different reasons. And that's that as I work in food service, I have to barter all of their holidays for anyone I really want off. So it's like if I work Halloween and Thanksgiving and New Year's and my birthday, I can get Christmas and that's always my goal. Just get Christmas. Like I'll trade yeah. you just uh, everything else. Just give me that one. So that's the one I'll that I get. I'll trade you the Halloween for <laughs> Christmas, please. I do the same thing. Honestly, we, we all negotiate to, we do different weeks of hospital service. And on those weeks, like we work straight through whatever holiday. And I'm always like, you want, uh, I'll do Easter. I'll do Fourth of July. Yep. Memorial Day. Labor Day. Got that too. No problem. Thanksgiving. You want it? Okay. Yeah. I, my hey, firstborn. Do you want my firstborn? Just give me Christmas. <laughs> Anything. Just give me Christmas. New Year's. That's fine. <laughs> just give me Christmas. And then it gets it gets to Christmas and Sydney has everyone's hospital service for every holiday. And she's like, so can I get Christmas now? And they're like, yeah, we've had literally every week off of the entire year. You've taken all of our work. We haven't done anything. I did. I actually got so far ahead in the holiday rotation that i've had to stop for a little bit <laughs> well but that's that is like i, I don't know like worthwhile holiday it's like christmas equals like a halloween and a thanksgiving at least like you've gotta you've gotta put a couple in there to equal one christmas now yeah. now to be fair i know we're talking about holidays but we actually that's not what our show that's is not about. What we're talking <laughs> because about we got really into that when i'm talking about that but we because the thing is i know that for riley christmas season starts tomorrow yeah. <laughs> november 1st or for you all today that's how time travel works. Um, but I I think there's still, for a lot of people, the, the spookiness of the season is extended. <laughs> it goes on for another week. 
for another week. I think a lot of people would say that, that, that something terrifying has been happening in our country. And we have until November 8th for it to be over. And that's the election. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I, now, let me say this. I, I think there's been this election season has been particularly like negative. Just there's been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of, um, I mean, just really not your usual back and forth. In politics, just not a the lot usual. Of back. Yeah, not a lot of fourth. A lot, a lot of times where I've just had to stop. Like I, I usually get really into it. I like politics. I like arguing about them. I like debating people. I like the whole election thing. I like to see what's happening. I mean, it, I get really into it. For me, it's fun. This, I will, I will admit, even for me, this election season has been less fun. Yeah, less fun. This is the first election season where I've been old enough to actually like educate myself and know what's going on because the last election i was 12 yeah. so i was kind of like mm, i guess i get what's going on but i don't really understand anything or who these people are um but this election season i actually know what's going on and like each of the candidates platforms and like their beliefs and stuff and honestly it's been one election season and this one has just been so tiring with all these people at school trying to talk to me about election stuff and at first i was like yeah this is great please debate with me because i know i'll win i know i'll beat you because i know i'm right and now at this point like the election a week away i'm just like y'all you're not gonna change what i believe i'm not gonna change what you believe obviously so what's the point yeah i hadn't really thought about the fact riley that this i mean you said that, that this is one of the first ones you've kind of been politically aware and that's actually kind of a, a scary bar that we're setting for your generation and those younger than you. That I think the elections that we grew up seeing, it was kind of like two well-respected politicians who maybe one you very much agreed with and one you agreed with. But there was all this sort of like, you know, what the arguments being made were not inflammatory smear campaigns. It was very much, you know, like two dads having a fight. Like it's... I- this is a whole different thing. Said, uh, to politicians. So, like, usually it's, like, politicians, right? Yeah. Okay. Traditionally. Clar- just clarifying. Traditionally. Just clarifying. It, yes. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, I think I think that's a really good point that you make, Tay, because um, in the past, I, I mean, I have, I, we live in a red state, and I think no one, is, no one is shocked to hear that uh, that's not necessarily the way I vote. But I have lots of friends who I disagree with politically who we have always had interesting, thoughtful debates about this stuff in past elections. We've disagreed on who we're voting for, but we can have very civil conversations about it. They do not escalate to yelling matches. Um, And I think the the political discourse has been like so contentious Mm -hmm. this election cycle. It is not typically like this. It is not you are not hearing like we should throw the other candidate in jail uh, somebody's going to trigger nuclear Armageddon. Like you typically don't hear those <laughs> those things during an election season. It's like, well, no, they're going to they're going to put taxes on the wrong people, or they're not going to tax enough, or whatever. Like you hear those kind of debates, right? Academic, esoteric. Who has the right healthcare plan debates? Not who's committed felonies. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not like who's <laughs> going on trial within the next month. Uh, exactly. It's not yeah. the sense that like, you know, oh, maybe maybe I won't get the social change that I want under this president if they're elected. Not like the world will end if my candidate doesn't win. Yeah, I exactly. Feel like, and again, I haven't been aware of past elections, but I feel like at least there was a little bit. I'm going to I mean, of course, there are always people that wouldn't be like this, but I'd say the majority of people on either side were always kind of like with both candidates. Like I would prefer this one, but it would be OK if the other one won like yes I, w- I will vote for this person but the next person will not um cause our nation to fall apart or like cause us to start all sorts of wars and all sorts of terrible things are going to happen like i think it was kind of just like oh man hmm, that's not what i agree with but okay the, this is the the furthest apart at least i in my lifetime now i mean i don't know what elections were like before that mm-hmm. but in my lifetime this is i feel the farthest apart the political parties have been agreed um and and the most uh i i want to use the word like hate that they're throwing at each other i mean it's Mm -hmm. like it's not disagreement now it's personal and it's it's scary and um that's a rough election for you to be seen as like your Mm -hmm. first uh, adult somewhat experience of an election yeah well and without overstepping that the boundaries too much i guess you know 
I I don't want my president to be like me. I want them to be way better than me and be able to be poised and classy and sophisticated and intellectual. And like, I guess that's right. kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, when you're, you know, you're fighting someone, you get nasty. But uh, maybe that's not the face of the country that I want. I don't know. It's 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 very strange. It's a it's a very big departure, I think, from what we've seen in the past. Right. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the whoever wins has to represent all of us. Right. And can't, I mean, they can't hate some of us. Well, and hopefully not. Well, ideally. Not all <laughs> of us. Ideally, they shouldn't. Like, all of us at our best. You know, that's, yes. that should, so the president should, should be able to hold those standards, I guess. So it is weird. And I, I apologize <laughs> to you, Riley, and, and your generation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's Things It's a pendulum. Things swing back and forth. Hopefully we'll start swinging back towards uh, an age of civility after this. Right. I think it's also hard because at my age, there are a lot of people that don't really know what's going on, but they know what they hear their parents talking about or like their friends talking about and they adapt to their friends or families or parents' political beliefs um, and then just start like spouting out the most like stereotypical like uneducated thoughts that anyone has ever said ever um and then it's i guess specifically tough with this election because it's a lot of like your candidate is blah 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 blah, and should be in jail and my candidate is a great great dude like that's it i don't know anything about him i know he said some bad stuff but it's fine he's a great dude it's i think what you're hitting on is you know how do people make decisions about who they're going to vote for when you're first kind of entering yeah. the political process. I think a lot of it has to do at my age is, are they a Republican or a Democrat? Right. Like, my parents are Republicans, so I'm always going to agree with the candidate who's a Republican. Let's, before we get into it, because I want you to talk about that a lot, like how, how you think. I know you're not voting yet because you're too young. I'm 16. Not because next you won't. Next election, 2020. <laughs> if there is one out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, if we, if we keep having these after how poorly this one's going, um, if, uh, I know you can't vote yet, but some of your friends may be voting. Some of your friends may be going to vote soon. And either way, you're going to have to start thinking about what party you're going to register with and then pass that, um, how you're going to make decisions about who you're going to vote for. And so I want to get into that. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics. Now, if you haven't registered to vote yet, I think it's it's too late. I think there's like still... I think I saw there's like one or two states where, like maybe Colorado, where you can still register. There are a couple places. For the vast majority of you, if you haven't registered to vote and you're eligible, I am sorry. It's too late. In our state, it's definitely too late. Yeah. Now, um, they, I will say, uh, because I know that I originally was registered in West Virginia, and then when I switched my license over here to New York, they it's part of the license process they have you re-register it's some of the paperwork you fill out so if you're someone that did you know isn't sure where you're registered there are a lot of easy ways to look it up i mean you can literally look up am i registered in new york state and google will present you with like the website go to this enter your name Um, it's really easy like vote.org or vote.gov vote.gov i think was an easy place i found i mean i knew where i was registered i've already voted so I already, I already knew all this stuff. But if you're not sure where you're registered or where your polling place is, we moved year before last, so um, my precinct changed. That's easy stuff. I keep my voter registration card because I like having it. <laughs> it makes me... Nerd. I have it right here. I, I, I really do. I like having it with me. And I like um, when we... I go early vote. I like early voting. The lines are typically shorter, and I can take Charlie with me, and we can take our time and let her push all the buttons. Um, I mean, like appropriately. What did you vote for? No, <laughs> I voted for everyone. <laughs> and then we put her up for adoption. <laughs> no, but uh, I like early vote. But it, when you go for early voting, it's helpful to bring your voter registration card because that way you don't have to remember your precinct. Because I mean, it's all it's all at the courthouse, so it's all precincts together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they don't just have like a booklet with your name in it. You got to tell them what precinct so they know where to look. And you can tell them your name and they can look it up that way too. But it's easier. Anyway, I like having it and presenting it and saying, I'm a member of a democracy. Well, and that <laughs> also so varies cool. state to state. Like, I, I mean, New York's big enough that basically wherever you're going to vote is where your precinct is. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so so you, it's easy to figure out if you go. I mean, you can literally Google, am I registered? 
where, how do I register if you, I mean, it, it's too late for this election for most people, but go ahead and register now, even if you're not, because why not for the next one? Get in there early. Um, and then where do I vote? And honestly, if you type that into Google, you just fill in an address bar and it will tell you exactly where you vote. Um, as, as we mentioned, uh, the election, uh, the election is on, um, November 8th in case anybody was confused about that. The 38th, oh, November 28th, <laughs> not, not the 28th, 35th, there may have been 11th out there, not the 11th of November. <laughs> Typically school is closed. Yeah. Typically, every, Riley gets a day off. I get two days off next week. Boom. <laughs> one day off for election day, one day off for veterans. Day. There you go. And you go and you go to your precinct during the times the polls are open, which vary from state to state, area to area. And you go and you you wait in line and you cast your vote. And it's not here are some things to know. Depending on where you live, you may or may not have to bring anything in the state of West Virginia. You need nothing with you to go vote. You go in to your precinct. You figure out ahead of time which one to go to. So I know I go to Riley's High School. Yeah. And that's where I vote. And I walk up to the table and I tell them my name. And they flip through a book because I'm already registered. I'm already in there. And I sign next to my name. And then I go vote. I need nothing. I don't need an ID. I don't need my voter registration card. I do not need a single piece of paper to identify me as me because I'm registered. And I just go tell them I'm me and I go vote. And it is that simple. And then... Most ballots are electronic now, and it's not very difficult to do. You push buttons. And if you mess up, you can, like, actually, Charlie did push the wrong button a couple times, and I just, I changed it. <laughs> I fixed it. <laughs> so okay. you can change it. You can change your mind 80 times while you're standing there and hit every button until you finalize it, and then you go back and peruse your ballot and make sure it's accurate. So it's not hard. Right. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But it is good that, to look up ahead of time if you need an ID or not, and it's super readily available information. Um, just because if, if you don't have a photo ID... You're in one of those states where you don't need it. If anybody asks you for one, you know the law. So that's important. Exactly. Um, now, there are, Taylor, you mentioned mainly in the South, I think you said there were some states uh, where they do require identification. Uh, Kansas, Indiana, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia. Those are a photo ID required. Um, there are other states that require an ID. doesn't have to have a photo. And then some states have this kind of loosey-goosey ID requested uh, now this, there are ways they'll deal with you that you can vote absentee, um, if you do not have the required information, but definitely look it up for the state you're in because there are a lot of states that require absolutely nothing like Sydney said. And so it's, it's your right as a voter to, if, if you're in one of those states say, no, sorry, <laughs> not needed. No, I do not. Yeah. Know your rights going in. Uh, that's a, that's a really important point that Taylor's making. And if you, if you do end up in a situation where they are saying, no, that you do need something and maybe you didn't you like you didn't remember you you didn't know to bring it or if you're at the wrong precinct which did happen to me once and i just i drove to the other one because we live in a tiny place <laughs> it was very easy i was five minutes away from the appropriate polling place it was not a big deal but if you if you are at the wrong place you can do an absentee ballot just like taylor said so i could have done an absentee ballot from five minutes away <laughs> to my accurate polling place it didn't seem worth it at the moment but you can do that so you know you do not be disenfranchised go vote hmm. Um, and while you're there, it's important to know that nobody is allowed. I mean, y you can ask people whatever you want to ask, but nobody is supposed to watch you vote. Nobody should be standing over your shoulder. Nobody should be uh, standing in line and trying to force you to tell them who you're voting for or why you're voting for them or arguing you about who they're voting for. Anything like that. If anybody is trying to make you feel uncomfortable or intimidate you or in any way stop you from voting how you want to or voting at all, that needs to be reported immediately because that's voter intimidation and you are not allowed to do that. So if someone is there thinking that they're going to, what's the term? Somebody's <laughs> poll. There's, what have people been asked to do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Uh, the people who are there observing. Well, yeah, I think that may be very, very Orwellian language, I believe was used. Yes, I, those, that is not necessary. You, we don't need people observing anyone at the polls. That shouldn't be happening. Nobody should be intimidating you or stopping you from voting in any way. Super plus non-good uh, interactions. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that and don't tolerate that. Um, nobody should be, and also you can't carry like paraphernalia in there, like don't wear 
buttons. Yeah, that's important. Know. Yeah. There's no campaigning within what is it, like 500 feet or something like that. But just don't like if you want to wear your nasty woman shirt, wear it underneath your hoodie zipped up. Exactly. Yeah. I had my diaper bag, which has a political button <laughs> on it. A certain political button. I left my diaper bag in the car. Um, you know, that kind of thing. You're not allowed to. Just don't. Why Why start fights? Like, go right. vote. That's more. You know what's more important than that button or that T-shirt is the vote you're about to go cast. Right. Go cast your vote. And, and um, do not take... There, there. Some states differ on this law, but just overarchingly, don't don't take pictures in the voting booth. You can get in a lot of trouble with that. You can, you know, like that's... Exactly. That's a big one. I know we all want to take that voting for my candidate selfie, but it's not worth your vote. <laughs> No, exactly. No, no selfies. I know. I had that moment where I thought I really wish I could get a picture of Charlie and I voting together in the election. You just said Riley. I know. I did. Oh, I <laughs> Not Riley, Charlie and I. But I, I, I took you to vote when you were a little kid. I remember. I did. I carried you in and had you vote too. Um, I think it's a really important thing to nurture the importance of voting. Uh, but um, and don't if you feel. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about we've talked a lot about not being intimidated by people who maybe feel like it is their duty to observe voting to prevent fraud. If you feel if you have been so inclined, feel compelled to go observe voting to prevent fraud, if it, for the people who maybe are have been persuaded by voices on TV or wherever that maybe they need to go watch that, um, you don't, you shouldn't. And not only because intimidating other people is is illegal, it's also wrong, um, and it's not it's not the foundation of our democracy. Beyond that, the incident of incidence of voter fraud is so incredibly low. In the past, since two thousand, there have been I think thirty one incidences of people attempting to or succeeding to commit voter fraud. There have been like over a billion votes cast and like 31 maybe. This is not a big problem. <laughs> you are being misled. This is not a big problem. Voter fraud is not happening on that scale. You don't need to go watch and prevent it from happening. And you certainly don't want anybody to prevent you from voting because they're worried about it. Well, I, yeah. Who are these criminals that are trying to get a free vote out of the system? Like, <laughs> This just isn't happening. It's, I mean, it's not, that's not the reason when people lose, it's because they lose. And when people win, it's because they won. Um, and then there's the hanging Chad thing, but we truth. won't get into that. <laughs> well, and there are there are observers that are allowed on election day at polling places. And I guess you can look into how to become one if that's really a concern of yours. The people that can guarantee the machines are working, you know, with no uh, relation to the system. So if that's really a concern of yours, there are, there are things you can do to be proactive about that. Um, but <laughs> intimidating other voters is not one of them. <laughs> No. No, that's the beautiful thing is that there are going to be people out there canceling out your votes, and that's that's the wonderful country we live in. So get comfy with it. Riley, what you got going on over there on your phone? I was, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> she just on her phone going? this whole time? We're talking about I the important future of I our know. country. That was my segue. I was segue. going to check out the group uh, message. That was my segue. I know. I was trying to get I you there. I just thought you were <laughs> scrolling here like, man, Sid, but in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I was, What's going on on the group message, Riley? Um, thanks for asking, Sid. I want to apologize <laughs> in advance because I just read this Jumbotron for the first time all the way through ever, and there's a sentence at the very end that I didn't know was there and I did not prepare, and now oh, I'm caught up. You can guard. do this on the fly. Here, I'll read the rest of it, and then I'll get to the end, and so just think, okay? This is for oh, Grace, I know this and it one. is from Phil and Alyssa, and Phil and Alyssa would like to say happy 27th birthday to our favorite cool teen at heart. We both love you oh so much, and one of us can't wait to tie the knot with you in your 27th year. May your 27th year be filled with just as many flannel shirts and jean jackets as the rest of your years. Now here's Riley wrapping some <laughs> Hamilton for you. So happy birthday, Grace. Riley. Phil and Alyssa love you. And here's Riley. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I don't remember that. I was given no time. I didn't get to prepare. I've seen the videos. I know you know this stuff. This isn't fair. I don't know what to pick. This is so hard. Just... I've been sitting here trying to pick a song to rap. What do I do? What's your name, sis? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was setting you up. <laughs> Only I said sis instead of man. That's not the words to the song, though, Sydney. I know. I changed it because you're my sister. And so I, like, you know, like, man. just messed up the song. <sighs> I was just throwing it. Well, I think that moment is over. 
I was too. Uh, wow, way to ruin somebody's It's not the moment, it's the movement. See, I, I've been just setting you up left and right. <laughs> what would Lynn think? <laughs> what did you just say, Sid? Hold on. What did you just say? I said it's not the moment, it's the movement. Where all the hungriest brothers with something to prove went. Foes opposes, we take an honest stand, roll like Moses, claiming the promised land. And if we win our independence, is that a guarantee of freedom for our descendants? Or the blood we shed begin an endless cycle of vengeance and death with no defendants? Yeah! <laughs> there it is. Good There's job. Kind of a, <laughs> that, was, that was like the most random segment, too. <laughs> I know. There. I was sitting here she- trying to prepare the rap from Satisfied, and then I just... No. I can't. No, that was excellent. She she did not throw so. away her shot. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh my gosh. So I want to talk about we've kind of talked about how to vote. And it's not I mean, again, like this is a brief description. Most people listening are probably like, Yeah, I know how to vote, sisters, whatever. But I think for younger people, there's there's making the decision that they're gonna inform themselves enough about the candidates to like go vote and make a choice. And then there's like this other intimidating thing for anything new you haven't done before, you know, whatever it is. Like, this is the first time I'm going to go do this thing. And if you can go with your parents or whatever, maybe it doesn't seem that bad. But if you're if you're living somewhere else or you're going on your own or whatever, that can be a big what if I show up and they tell me I can't or they told me I did it wrong or they tell me I needed something and I didn't know about it. So I think just kind of going over those basic things are ahead of time, asking people what it's, you know, can I come with you? Are you going to the same precinct? You know, are we in the same precinct? Can I come with you so that you feel less intimidated? That's sometimes half the battle, just getting you there and standing in line to vote. Well, that, that's a good message. Usually you won't give up. <laughs> well, to anybody that's got like younger siblings, you know, like children that are voting ages, like it's friends, family, friends, like, you know, help, help the next generation vote with you if they're intimidated to do it. Like, because the, the way that the, the younger generations vote versus the older generations is wildly different. And you know, who's going to be left with the world for way longer time you young dudes so you've got exactly. way more vested in this exactly and that's that's the truth that was i mean in my i i'm a nerd and i like voting i always have <laughs> um but when i took riley when i took you with me to vote when i was younger and when when you were little and now when i take charlie to vote i hope that i'm instilling that tradition that like it will be important that, that is one little reason one little part of a big reason why you will go vote is because the people that were older than you that hopefully you love and respect and admire, Mm. you know, thanks. Uh (laughs) You know, said like here, this is so important to me that I'm going to make you stand in line with me. And then I'm going to show you this screen that you're not interested in and make you push these buttons for people you don't know. Yep. Because (laughs) exactly it. Because someday I want you to want this for yourself. But how, how could we Riley, what do you care about in terms of, you know, issues, things that, because political candidates aren't, really talking to you mm-hmm. um uh, they do sometimes when they think like that there's an event they're supposed to like right. i guess if you're at mtv's rock the vote <laughs> okay do they still do that mm, i don't think so i don't think they still rock the vote but if you were at mtv's rock the vote you probably would talk to young people but otherwise they're they're talking to us old folks because we vote yeah um so you're basically asking me what what topics i care about right as a teenager yeah um i First one that comes to mind is college tuition mm-hmm. because I'm coming up on going to college. I mean, by the next election, I was just thinking about that. It's crazy. 2020 will be the next presidential election and I will be two years into college. Don't want to think about that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'll be in college and like college tuition is something that's really important. I know all of my friends and I because a lot of us, you know, can't just pick any college we want to go to in the entire nation and know that we'll be able to, if we get in, that we'd be able to pay for it. Like a lot of us are like, well, we're going to stay in state because we can get in state tuition and state scholarships. And I think, um, college tuition and helping aid students in paying it is very important Mm. to me and my friends, which I would assume is part of why Bernie Sanders was so popular among the younger not the only I, I reason, but, so. but one That's reason. a big part of it, yeah. Um, other topics that I care about personally, I don't know about my friends, um, a lot of uh, 
individual rights, I would say, like women's rights, rights for members of the LGBT community, like uh, personal rights, like reproductive rights, stuff like that. That's what's important to me, mm-hmm. mostly. Like if I'm not talking about college tuition, mm-hmm. I'm talking about that. Like that's what I care about. I mean, if someone had a huge difference in opinion for me, that would make the decision for me, like whether or not I would vote for that person. Do, do and I can't imagine that this is something you guys talk about a lot, like at lunch or something, but well, is it something, and I know some of your friends aren't as politically active and stuff, but you also have friends who are in college who are probably already voting mm-hmm. or could vote. Um, I don't know if they are. Uh, did they ever think about, like, you know, Justin and I will sit and talk about the economy and taxes and those kinds of issues, like how are we going to restructure that? Um, is that something that even crosses the mind of younger people? The only, I mean, or is it just so like foreign to you at this point that it's not even like, why would I even think I don't even understand that. It's not that it's like, I don't understand it because I do. And like, I could talk about it because like when I'm looking at different candidates stances of, I'm going to read all of them. I'm not just going to like pick and choose the ones I want to read. I read all of them. It's like, I understand their stances, but it's that it doesn't affect me directly as much. So I don't really think about it because like I won't be living on my own paying taxes and buying homes and all sorts of stuff within the next four years. Like I'm still a kid. Like I won't be doing any of that. I don't pay taxes. I don't, you know, I don't have a job that pays and have to take money out of to pay taxes like none of that affects me Mm -hmm. so i don't really think about that as much whenever i'm talking about politics um with my friends well and riley you brought up social issues and uh you call personal issues and i think it's because we've talked about this before that there's sort of a a shift in the younger generation something that's more accepting and more willing to understand and empathize with other kinds of people do you think there's a priority shift in your generation I mean, I guess I hope for one that maybe you're more concerned with people having the right to live the way they want to live than something as abstract as like, well, let's talk about, you know, the distribution of taxes, which is, of course, important. But it seems (laughs) like no, I I care about that a lot. But are you calling me boring? (laughs) No, no, I just mean like when you're young, maybe there's still I don't know, like I don't think it's the worst thing that maybe she's worried about the issues that actually individually affect people's lives massively, their yeah. freedoms in sure. this country versus things that still massively matter. But it's interesting right. that yeah. that's the first thing you would say. Um, I don't know why this, when you're asking, when you're asking me that I was trying to think of a reason to come up, I mean, not to come up with to say, to kind of put it into words easier, I guess, but I don't, this isn't true, but for some reason, it's like amongst people of my age and generation have kind of thought that like the economy is not figured out, but like, that's not for us. We're not going to be the ones worrying about that. Like that's not going to affect us directly Mm -hmm. because other people are, I don't know, that sounds selfish, but like we're not thinking about that because we're not the ones that have to deal with it. We're thinking about things that like would affect our personal rights, things we would be allowed to do if we needed to, things that we would be, like, jobs we'd be allowed to work, how much we would get paid. Like, that's what concerns us when we're going into, like, college and graduating from college, not as much. Things that, I guess, when you think about them, you think that that's what, like, our parents think about or, like, adults think about because those (laughs) are, like, the important, like, structural issues of our, like, nation and our economy. But we really think about like the day-to-day stuff. It's interesting because when you hear like politicians start to talk about like what young people are worried about, they're usually, I think that college tuition has been talked about in this election more than I remember any past election. So that's one big thing. I would say that's part of that is probably because the difference in opinions between the Mm -hmm. two groups and also because... Am I wrong in saying that college tuition is probably higher at this point than it has ever been? Yeah, That's probably it's just accurate. Steadily been going right, up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's steadily been rising, um, and and not always necessarily with the rate of inflation. What? Right. And I, so, and I mean, so it, that's why it's been such a big yeah. issue. And in our state, I know they're getting rid of certain 
scholarships mm-hmm. that so, would help people pay for college and now they don't have those anymore so it's becoming more of an issue well exactly and i feel like no, and, up against the job market more people feel like they have to go to college um yeah. and incur that debt to be able to get a job in in that anyone would want unfortunately yeah. and to yeah. me that's just important because it's kind of discouraging if there was a field i wanted to go into that i necessarily couldn't go into staying in west virginia or going to a college nearby um, but I feel like I need to go to a college nearby because I know of scholarships I could get with my grades and test scores and stuff that would pay for an in-state tuition. And it's kind of like, instead of focusing on what's going to get me further in life or like what's going to help me focus on studying what I actually care about, it's kind of like, I just want to do whatever costs less money. Do you think about, one narrative I hear all the time is young people are looking forward and saying, there are no jobs. I'm not going to be able to get a job because there are no jobs. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard because at that, and that narrative is not necessarily new. We've been hearing yeah. that story for a long time. It is not something I've ever connected to, but that's because I've known what I was going to be since I was 12. And right. I've been on that road since then. And there is no fear, especially going into primary care. I know I'm employable. I know yeah. I could find somewhere they, they need family doctors all over the country. So I don't worry about job security is not something I personally have ever worried about, but that is because it's, it's very singular experience to the job that I have yeah. chosen. Is that a, a real conversation that young people are having? Like there just aren't jobs. I'm going to graduate yeah. and there are no jobs out there and I'm going to be poor. Yeah. That- I mean, teachers have literally told us, I know of at least three of my last school year and two of this school year so far that have told us like, when I graduated, there were so many jobs. Like, you know, I could work wherever <laughs> I, I was wanted. tripping over jobs. I mean, this is like, this is an exaggeration. Like, this isn't word for word. But like, I had, I didn't have to worry about job security. I didn't have to worry about getting a job. Like, there were jobs wherever I wanted one if I would have chosen a different field of study or field of work or whatever. But for you all, literally whatever you want to do, you're screwed. There are no jobs. Sorry about it. That's not like, good. That's not a good that's thing. That's not that's a good thing. That's a people. <laughs> I don't know if that's the most positive message. Mm. Um, I mean, I think there are, I think that the, this is a bigger conversation. I think the face of what jobs are available, it's changing in this country. And I, I don't think it's all, cha- I don't think it's all going to go back. I think we're moving in a different direction. And I think, you know, the kind of jobs people had 50 years ago are not going to be the same kinds of jobs moving yeah. forward. And anyway, yeah. that's, but that's a much bigger conversation. Yeah. Um, what what about uh, environmental issues? Is that because I, I will tell you that when I think about like I was part of the Young Liberals Club in high school. So just I was a politically active teenager yeah. even before I could vote. I was politically active. Um, and I, I, I think I wasn't I wasn't nearly as informed as I thought I was. Let me <laughs> say that. <laughs> I thought I was. And the things we talked about, we talked about individual freedoms definitely yeah um at the time a lot of it was lg lgbtq issues that right. was we talked about that a lot uh i i cared passionately about health care but i i know that was just me i think yeah. i was in a minority there because a lot of my friends did not care but environmental issues were something that i connected with a lot of my my especially people on my end of the political spectrum about yeah. we talked a lot about um, the beginnings of climate change and global warming, because this was still early in that conversation, um, and recycling, and I, the rainforest was something, I, I don't know. These were the things we talked about a lot. Is that something, is that conversation, because, I mean, that's a big topic now. You hear about it not as much in the general, but in the primary we heard about it I was going to say, uh, at this point in the race, it's not really a topic anyone is talking about. Um, but... Do your friends care? Do your peers, not just even your group of friends, is that something that you hear among people your age? Like, the adults are screwing this up. They've got to get a hold of this because they're destroying the planet. Um, well, I mean, people that I agree with, that's kind of the argument that I hear. <laughs> but then there are a lot of people that I know that I don't necessarily agree with that are like, uh, I don't want to put this the wrong way. Basically that's not an issue we need to worry about. Like, that's not ever... This is not a real issue. This is not something we need to worry about. Oh, they don't believe in climate change. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's like, I don't I don't understand. Like, that is... That's it's, interesting. I kind of assumed by your generation it was not going to be... 
there's so many things I feel I feel naive about because I think like, well, I know among my age group, there's still controversy, but certainly among Riley's peers. And like, that's the one thing that I don't understand because that's like backed up by facts, like a hardcore data science. Like I am I am a person of science. I am I follow logic. I don't necessarily follow like. You know, like if someone gave me a really passionate speech and like tried to sway me with emotions like that wouldn't necessarily work on me as much as like hardcore facts do. And like that's the one thing that like I don't understand how people can hear data and truth and not someone's opinion and not believe it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, especially people of my generation, because I've said this before on the show. And I mean, I still feel this way. I feel like my generation is one of the more accepting and um politically aware and wanting to do best for the world that we're growing up in because we feel like it's uh it's hard going into the world we're going to go in um Mm -hmm. with everything that's been going on in the nation recently but i don't know when i hear people like that talk it makes me question saying that that's really interesting um it it's so it sounds like because i mean one of my concerns would be how do we get people looking forward to the day that they get to start voting. Cause I feel like if we can, I feel like once, once like voting has been happening, once you're over 18 and you've missed a few election cycles and you haven't really been engaged and you're not really interested and you don't, you didn't register or you, you did, but you've never voted or whatever. Like it gets harder to capture people then and get them involved. I feel like if we could get everybody really excited, like I was the day I turned 18 to know, like I can go register to vote now. Like I think that that's, not everybody has to be that nerdy. But, <laughs> right. I think that we have that opportunity when you're young to get you excited about the process and to get you involved. And it sounds like if we could capture more like the, the issues of the immediacy of youth, yeah. that's what you're talking about is like the next step is college for you. Yeah. So that's the thing you're thinking about. So for people in high school, college tuition, and then I guess the workforce for people who plan yeah. on going straight from um, college into or straight from high school into the workforce. Yeah, I would say, I think that's one thing that none of the presidential candidates like throughout the entire race, like not just the two left, like any of them have really thought about is like, this is a presidential election where there's no, the previous president isn't running. Like this is a new president. The two terms have been up. Like you would be potentially, you have the chance to be president for eight years and you don't just want to appeal to the group of people that are of age now because, I mean, if you had just been president for four years and you could run again now, then you don't need to worry about people that could be voting eight years from now because you won't be running for president eight years from now. Yeah. When you're running for president now and you have the chance to run again in four years when this whole other generation of people is going to be voting and you have already decided not to appeal to what they're interested in, then they're kind of like, I want to look for someone who is appealing to what is important to me. And that's just, I mean, that's just not even people who are 16 now, like I am. That's a whole generation. I mean, people who are, what, 10 now could be voting again in eight years and again in four years if they're 14 now. Like, that's a whole generation of people younger than me who could be voting and who aren't being appealed to because people aren't really talking about the issues that matter to us because they don't really consider us people that could be influencing yeah, but because historically you guys haven't voted. I mean, not yeah, you personally, right. but historically right. you haven't voted. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like Sydney said earlier, they're not talking to you because, I mean, Obama saw some of the highest numbers of youth voters, and that was around 40% of like people like 18 to 29 that could vote coming out to vote. Like, so it's not, I mean, it's not a great showing. So I guess that's that's something that, you know, you turn that around by voting. You, they will listen to you yeah. when you are an important part of, of the voting populace. And the only way you can do that with the sheer numbers. And the, the I, electoral map looks very different if you all vote. No. Not yeah. you, but right. 18. To, um, yeah. And again, I know this is kind of like a, like a what comes first kind of thing because like people my age, I will vote no matter what. Like I know I will. But the majority of people my age won't vote unless people are talking to them first because they it's kind of i don't know i don't want to call my generation selfish and like focusing on what matters to them more than in the world in general but it's kind of true like they want people talking to them and what matters to them so in order for them to vote they need people talking to them first about what matters to them first and then they will vote if they feel like it (laughs) and i'm i am a person that can understand like 
I understand we need to vote for people to understand that we are important, but it's a chicken and an egg thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> except for the egg could die in a nuclear winter, so maybe you guys should just take the brunt of that. Well, I mean, it's it's the large majority of people like the college age kids in this election who aren't really educating themselves and are saying like, I'm either voting for this candidate or I'm not voting for anyone, and who are focused on one topic and also probably don't even know how to register to vote and talk about voting and then realize they aren't registered to vote the day of the election and then don't end up voting. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the majority of the people there in this election and also my generation because they're, we're not that far off from people who are 18 now who people will be 18 in two years. Which I, I think that when you say that, like that, what you just said is th that is the perception that I think a lot of older politicians have about young people is exactly what you said. Oh, they'll show up for rallies because it's fun and they'll carry signs and cle they'll wear, wear clever t-shirts because it's fun and it's funny, but they're not coming out to vote. We don't really have to worry about it. You know, we'll worry about older people because older people are going to vote. But that, and I think that, I mean, if you want to talk about really like the kind of the political uprising, the, the political um, revolution that Bernie Sanders talked about, whether or not you agree with him politically, He's talking about young people proving that stereotype wrong and showing up and voting the way that they say they're going to, that they talk about on the Internet, that they wear the T-shirts, doing it, like turning that into action. It would be a revolution in this country. It would change things completely if young people, you know, if you had 100 percent young people voter turnout, forget that, even flip it from 40 to 60 percent, you know. But but don't you, it would it would be hugely different. Yeah. I, and I agree, but I, I don't think that the 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 rise of Bernie Sanders and the I exceptional popularity he achieved the fact that he is not currently nominated should be seen as a failure. I think if anything it it showed off what the youth is capable of in this internet generation where you don't need to have some big budget campaign. It's it's grassroots. It's that we have this structure that gets messages out there completely free and and it's just a matter of having that network in place so if anything i think you know it should allow us to look to the future and realize that you know we don't we can choose our candidates and our voices can be heard because we have social media and we have the amazing ability to to mm -hmm. pass on information without it costing our our chosen candidates a dime that's very true. Now, Riley, r real quick before we wrap up, where do you find out? You mentioned that a lot of your friends just kind of repeat things they've heard their parents say. Mm -hmm. um, I I have said, I think maybe even before on this show, that I felt like, and Taylor, you may agree with this, the reason I didn't get all my information from our parents was because our parents didn't agree. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I heard what they had to say. Right. I got probably a lot more from our grandparents. Um but I also, I like to read about it. It was something yeah. that I personally had an interest in. I talked to a lot of people at school, teachers and peers, you know, family members. We used to argue about it at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I had, my opinions came from a lot of different sources and so were to some extent uniquely my own that I finally formed. Um, now when I want to read, like how, how do I feel about things? I want to find out more about different issues and topics. The internet is, I mean, you know, yeah. I have the internet. <laughs> like I can go read about it. I have certain news sources that I prefer, outlets that I trust more, um, you know, that kind of thing. Where do people find out other than just repeating their parents? Um, I actually thought it was really interesting to start with in English class last year, we took this online kind of um quiz that's called who do you side with or mm -hmm. how do you side i think I've it's who those. do you side with mm -hmm. and it gives you like it doesn't give names to start with and it, it at this point all of the nominees for both parties were still in the race like there were you know more mm -hmm. than just the two or the three and it you answered all these questions about topics that were important to you and then at the end it gave you a percentage like you agree with this candidate this percent this candidate this percent and then after that i kind of just went and saw who i I don't know if this is just me. I went and saw who I agreed with most, which the can I ended up agreeing with most. I agreed with 99% of their stances. Mm -hmm. And then I went and saw the candidate I agreed with least and saw, I looked up their platforms and saw the difference in what they believe and like why I believed or why I agreed with who I agreed with mm -hmm. and um, what the differences were. Because as you're taking it, it doesn't tell you like, this is who said this and this is who said this, but it does tell you like, 
this is the candidate you agreed with. You answered this on this question. On this same topic, the candidate answered this. Like, it really gives you, you know. Yeah. And, and that's a good place to start. If you didn't understand an issue or a topic now, where would you go to try to... Would you ask somebody? Would you look it up yourself? I would look it up myself. Mostly because when I ask, when I would think about asking someone, everyone I could think that I would ask is biased one way or another. <laughs> like everyone, she's including us in I, this. It, are you? I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like everyone has their beliefs and everyone is biased on every topic, not just politics, but everything. No matter whether they try to act like they are or not, everyone like, but everyone me and Sydney biased. were just abstractly always right about things. Exactly, Taylor and I are right. Well, so I mean, even us. online <laughs> articles and stuff are always biased. Like everything is biased one way or the other, and it's just finding something that tries to give you the opinions of all of the parties without clouding them with their own personal opinions. That's interesting. That's some really it, that is that is probably the biggest difference. When you saying that the um the way that your generation uses the internet to find out information and like knowing that understanding that fundamental truth that almost everything is biased there's like no such thing Uh, as an unbiased article you can find more objective sources and less objective but like knowing that is so that's it's important but it's also very um i don't know makes you feel like you're free falling like it's all just opinion yeah um, but then I, again, I think part of that is just finding people who either, I think it's fun to find people who disagree with you and talk it to them and see why they believe what they believe. Cause I think it's interesting to see why people believe what they believe. But so, in this, so election, this election, I was going to say in this election, it is very hard for me to talk to someone who I disagree with because there's literally no way that they could tell me anything, why they believe what they believe. I'd be like, Hmm, okay. I can see that. Like, no, no, nowhere. It didn't used to be that way. Or at least not not maybe, in our lifetime so far. Maybe 2020, my first election. I, I have to assume. Um, I will say this, uh, Riley, do you ever feel discouraged about when you are voting? Do you feel discouraged about the fact that maybe because of the Electoral College, you live in a state where your vote, so to speak, people will say does not count. It, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that's true, but that is you'll hear that narrative. I almost didn't want to say that at first because I didn't want to say I don't think my vote counts. But that is a large part of people I am friends with. Like, even if I could vote now, it wouldn't matter because our votes don't count anyways. Like, I have never said that and I would never because I would, I mean, I'm going to vote the day I can. But there are a lot of people who just... It doesn't matter what I believe. I don't need to research it because it doesn't matter if I vote or not because one vote isn't going to make a difference. I think I think that's a really that I think I I felt I don't know Taylor if you felt this when you were younger too. I used to feel that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I still sometimes uh, get, I do. fall into that trap. I I mean, even saying that now, yes. If one person did not turn out to vote, it would not necessarily make a difference of who won. But if everyone that well, I always remind myself, if everyone thinks that way, then no one is voting and right. it does make a difference. It's it's the vaccine argument. Yes, if one person were allowed to not get their mandatory childhood vaccines, they would probably that would probably not affect herd immunity. We'd probably yeah. not have an outbreak. But if everybody thinks that way, then we've all got measles. Right. Um, <laughs> so vote. I mean there's or get polio. So, yeah, exactly. Or polio. So please get vaccinated. But uh what I would remind you, though, is that while I, it can feel that way, and this year, especially with the presidential election, it has felt that way to me. You remember a couple of things. One, your vote still counts even more so everywhere down ticket. So local elections, city council elections, and attorney, state attorney general, and your governor, and your House of Delegate representatives, all those things, state senate, those things count sometimes even more, actually almost always even more for what's going to happen to you in the immediate future than, than necessarily the presidential nationwide election. So like going and voting in those elections is really important and taking the time, which is something that I still have to do, sit down and read all the different campaign websites, find out about the different candidates, not just their political affiliation. I have never been, I have been registered in the same party my entire life, but I have never just hit that straight ticket button because that's an option here. Really? You can just show up to the ballot and hit your party this is and what they'll I fill am. in Yeah, they'll fill in all of the all of the other all of the races with that party mm-hmm. and you're done. Not everywhere do they do that, but they do that here. But you don't I've never been a person who does that because I want to know about the candidate I'm voting for. Not just their, their party is a good place to start, 
but research those elections. Your vote does make a difference in those elections, um, no matter what your political affiliation is. And then when it comes to the, the, the bigger thing, the electoral college, the presidential race, red state, blue state, all that, every vote that goes the other way in this state, that's more money that the other side is going to have to spend next time on our state to keep us in that column. So your votes do matter because they do look at those percentages and they do see a shift. If the state is starting to get a little less red or a little less blue, money's going to go into that state to try to keep it in that column. And when money is going into that state, that's taking it away from other states. So it does help out. Your voice is heard. Your voice does count. It does get turned into money to try to stop you in the future, which is, (laughs) I mean, you have... You have power. It does matter. So your vote does matter. It always counts. And definitely down ticket. Every race down ticket. Please take the time to research and read those. That was what Justin and I have been doing the last few weeks. (laughs) For fun in the evenings. Cool. For fun in the evenings. Well, I mean. Reading about local elections. (laughs) In our our lifetime, we've seen an election that, you know, I mean, was contested. And there were massive recounts. And the popular vote was a huge concern. Like, it's, yes, every vote counts. And don't. Don't assume that you're the one person that can sit out and not give everybody measles. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And if nothing else, when you turn out and vote, if if it doesn't go your way, you have every right to complain <laughs> as much as you want. Yeah. <laughs> for the next four to eight years, because you could say, listen, I voted for the other one. <laughs> not my fault. Right. So I think I think that's a good Good note to end on. <laughs> it's not my fault. I voted for the other one. No. So everybody go vote. Um, if you have early voting, I would really encourage you to do early voting because then you never know what's going to happen on election day. November 8th is election day. November 8th. Uh, <laughs> November 35th. Go vote on that day if you don't early vote. But if you do have early voting, I'd really encourage you to look into it, take advantage of it. It's my new favorite thing. Yeah. And if you want to look at some really cool sketches about voting, Hamilton cast has some really some really cool little songs and videos about going to vote. Yeah. yeah. But voting is an amazing exist. an amazing right, not privilege, right what? that we all have and exercising it is the most patriotic thing you can do. And what we started off talking about holidays, man, you know what? Make make voting a holiday. Get all your buddies together. We're going to have a voting party. You all go to the polls together and then, you know, you go get plastered as the election results come in based on how you're feeling on cake on non-alcoholic substances if you choose it's a fun Um, it should be a party day it should be dress as a hanging chad (laughs) make it a make it a family holiday make it a friend's holiday make it an event grill hot dogs or roast turkeys or have <laughs> hamburgers or Easter eggs, whatever. I don't know. Whatever holiday treat you enjoy the most. Come up with some sort of inflatable for your front lawn. <laughs> I I'm going to assume it's a lot of leftover <laughs> Halloween candy and like old decorations from Halloween because it's the week after. Mm. I just want to wear a woman's suffrage banner the entire day. <laughs> Can that be my costume? <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> well, just don't wear it to the polling place. Yeah. I won't I won't do that. Uh, Happy voting everyone. Uh, yeah. Go vote. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Thank you, sisters, for joining me as yeah. always. That's thank usually you. your thing. I don't really I know, know where I go from there. Sorry, you just look like you wanted to do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> like you're just... ready to <laughs> ready to jump into the position. Thank you uh, for everybody who is listening to our show, tweeting about us at still buff, joining our Facebook page if you'd like to, still buffering on Facebook, please come check it out um everybody's been sharing halloween costumes lately you can share pictures of you after you voted just not while voting you know like in front of the voting place later yeah a couple <laughs> blocks away yeah. selfie is fine <laughs> of your like sticker that says i voted uh, i didn't get one but if you got one yeah um if you want to email us Still buffering at maximumfun.org thoughts or suggestions or comments if you want a jumbotron you can go to maximumfun.org forward slash jumbotron and we will read or rap as it yeah, were. And if you message. put at the end for one of us to rap, you'll probably catch us off guard, I guess, because we don't read close enough. Hey, so. but it, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you like this show, you might want to check out maximumfun.org for a lot of other wonderful shows on our network. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was 
city of Chicago. Do you love amazing podcasts like Max Fun's own Lady to Lady, Minority Corner, and Bullseye? Do you enjoy insightful interviews with talented actors and comedians like Dwayne Kennedy and Andre Royo? Don't miss your chance to be part of podcast history by attending the first ever Chicago Podcast Festival. Lady to Lady and Bullseye take the stage on November 17th and Minority Corner performs on November 18th. Tickets are on sale right now. Visit MaximumFun.org for more information and to grab your ticket today. Right now. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.